turn on the radio, pull out yourself a crocheted pocket dog, and ask yourself, even if they solved the riddle, would it have stopped the killings in the movie Hangman? Answers and questions and debate about all this and more on today's How Did This Get Made? Last Looks. Hit the theme! you foghorn leghorn sounding police detectives i'm your eviction man paul shear and welcome to how did this get made life looks where you the listener get to voice your issues on hangman and jason and i recap the amazing how did this get made east coast tour that we just came back from we'll tell you our favorite moments that you may not know because a lot of them happened behind the scenes and as always i will reveal next week's movie but First things first, a big shout out to Homonym for that theme song. We love these songs. And if you have a last look song, send it to us at how did this get made at earwolf.com. Keep them short. 15 to 20 seconds is best. Now let's get into it. Last week, we talked at length about Hangman, a movie that Discord user Quantum Vault and Sons thinks should have had the tagline, I'd like to buy a bow. I mean, were they disemboweled? I don't know. Anyway, I like it. It was good. Or were you saying that the movie's a turd? I can't quite figure it out. But either way, I like the bow. Anyway, we had questions about Hangman, and we might have even missed a few things. So here's your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is now time for corrections and omissions. Corrections and omissions. There's no permission you got it a little wrong so we wrote down this song corrections and omissions thank you andrew winson for that theme song let's go to the discord joe tangelo oh i haven't seen joe in a while So weird that this film is based around the game Hangman, but they don't use the rules of Hangman in the plot. The main objective in the game of Hangman is to solve the puzzle before the person dies. There should have been someone that the killer was threatening to kill unless the detectives could solve the puzzle. That's a brilliant idea, Joe. Uh, I know it was discussed that they put no effort into trying to solve the puzzle, but it made no difference if they solved it because it wouldn't have given them any solid clues of who the killer was. And on the topic of Hangman game rules, another Discord user, DT, chimes in to say, if you really wanted to play by Hangman rules, wouldn't Pacino have to guess a letter? And if he was wrong, someone gets killed with that letter on their body? I mean, it seems like the movie is playing Hangman by Scrabble rules. Wow. You guys broke open a plot that we already knew was broken and made it (laughs) way smarter in the way it was broken than our just frustration they weren't even trying to solve it i love this gt75 writes al pacino surmises that the killer is killing every night to celebrate the 20th anniversary of his father's death how could he land on that conclusion if they knew that the first killing took place a year or more earlier 
Was the killer originally planning on celebrating the 19th anniversary? Oh my god! Yes! This movie is stupid. Dr. Guts writes, during the autopsy of the first victim, Carl Urban says that her parents filed a missing persons report. However, we later learned that she was murdered in her bedroom. This would mean that either the killer abducted her long enough for her to be considered missing, only then to bring her back to her own house to kill her, or the victim's parents never even bothered going to her house to look for her before filing the report. Wow. (laughs) This movie, you have done it. You have broken my brain now. So many questions, no good answers. Let's go to the phones. Aaron from Seattle, what do you got? Hey, Paul, this is Aaron in Seattle. And I think I have a correction, but this movie, Hangman, was so confusing that I'm not sure. But timeline-wise, at the cold open, what I think happened was the Skull Van driver had just left killing Al Pacino's partner's wife. And he got interrupted, so he was in a big hurry, and he hurried away. And he sideswiped Al Pacino's car on accident, but that's when he got arrested, which is why no more murders happened. Theoretically, he would have just continued the murders right then. Or he could have sideswiped Al Pacino on purpose, but I think that was the night the wife was killed. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but it doesn't make sense otherwise. So thanks for everything you guys do. Say hi to Jason and June. Bye. Okay. I'm going to believe you. It makes sense. I mean, okay. So yes, that would be from a year earlier. So is that why they're connected? And why didn't they ever bring that up? But they did arrest him after that. Huh. There is something wrong there. There is something wrong there, but I don't think there's a valid enough answer because Urban came home at night and he just had left. So I think you are wrong, but I also don't know what is right. Uh, Marcus in Baltimore, what do you got? I've got a theory on Hangman. Um, I'm wondering, I noticed that the production company or a studio was called Patriot Production. When we look at this story, like as it was probably written on the page, I think we get a story of cops who are in over their head with a serial killer and a reporter who helps them solve that case. And part of that case hinging on the fact that Al Pacino, when he was a cop, he was callous versus caring towards this kid. He maybe didn't do the things he was supposed to be doing. And I'm wondering if that's the story as it was written, but Patriot production studio, whatever, got a hold of this and decided that they did want to make, maybe propaganda is too strong of a word, but something along those lines. And that's why we have this terrible dissonance and confusion about in the beginning of the movie, Al Pacino is waiting outside of that donut shop. I think he's just waiting for it to open to get donuts, but the movie totally gives us the vibe that he is still doing police work. The reporter tells us kind of clunkily that she's doing a story, not a profile on that specific officer, but she, in our current cultural climate or something along those lines, wants to give the cops side of the story. And then in the third act, just like equally as clunky, someone says something about how we really don't understand the things that cops have to go through. So I'm wondering if this was one story written that the good people at Patriot, whatever, then decided to cram into something different, which gave that dizzying and kind of tonally dissonant movie that we ended up watching. 
Love the show. Can't wait to see you in Philly. Okay. Well, Marcus, we saw you in Philly, and thank you for this astute reading of the film. You know, a lot of people actually have wrote in about this copaganda theme, and I think that you handled it well. I don't think it's like copaganda, but I would say that it definitely has that angle to it or that POV, but it's funny because in doing that, they also are showing how incompetent the police are throughout the entire film. It's like, no, cops, you know, they put their life on the line, they're out there, they're working their ass off to save you, but these cops are dumb as nails. So I think you're right with your original idea, and I also think it just felt like noting or something had diluted well, I mean, really, every part of this movie, honestly. Ah, oh, it's a bummer. It's so close. It could be so good. I want to see this movie that everyone else is talking about. All right, our final call is from Pat from Delco. What do we got? Uh, I'm halfway through listening to the Hangman episode, and it dawned on me that the plot of this movie is essentially the same plot of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, because in that movie... Khan is pissed off and goes on a huge killing spree because Kirk exiled him and all of these people to SETI Alpha 5 and says right in the movie, he never came back to check on our progress, which is the same thing as this movie because the killer in this movie is pissed off at Pacino because he evicted him out of his home, which is essentially the same thing as being exiled. So it's a complete ripoff. This movie is essentially Star Trek 2. Except Pacino is Kirk. Anyway, we're we're gonna go see you guys tomorrow at the Miller Theater in Philly. We're really excited. Can't wait. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Pat, another Philly fan. Oh my gosh, Philly was a great night. How dare you? How dare you compare this to Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan? Here's where I think you're right. Yes, there are similarities, but here's where you're wrong. You know all this stuff before, which makes the movie way more interesting. You know that Khan was left there by Kirk. You know that his son is there. You know all these things. This movie just drops it on you in the last five minutes. So yes, you're right, but you're also wrong. You can't, I mean, thematically, yes, it's just, well, I guess maybe how you tell a story. All right, back to the Discord. Echo Charlie writes, this movie is about people being hanged, but at no point does anyone think, hey, maybe one of us should have a knife in order to cut a rope. <laughs> Several times, I just have to pull out a gun and shoot the victim free from the rope when having a pocket knife would have been so much easier. Brittany Snow is going to also have terrible tinnitus for the rest of her life. Well, I mean, yes, that train was very loud. Yeah, shooting a rope was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen as well. Getting a bullet right through that. I mean, was it a rope? Was it steel? I think it might have been steel. I mean, that's a lot of weight. Catfish writes, my biggest question is about the final confrontation with the killer in the mausoleum when the cops split up to surround him. Pacino walks about 20 feet and starts talking to the killer, but his partner disappears for like eight minutes. Where'd he go? Did he need to go grab a drink to steal his nerves? I mean, I thought, okay, well, we'll find out that Carl Urban is definitely in on it. Nope, just turned out. He turned right instead of left or something. The killer was just strutting all over the place. It would have been so easy to take him out, but no Carl Urban. Catfish. Again, this movie, the more we poke holes at it or just look at it and ask any sort of question, it falls apart. Anna says, why was Pacino allowed on the case even though he's retired? I mean, I, I'm not going to poke a hole in that. Yes, I agree that 
it uh, makes no sense. But I also feel like that's a, a conceit or trope of cop movies a lot of the times. So I'm not going to poke holes in that. So many great corrections and omissions. I mean, truly, everybody here really brought the heat. But I have to say, the winner this week is Joe Tangelo, who really asked the most important question. Even if they were trying to solve the puzzle, it wouldn't make a difference. And that's why, Joe, you have the best correction and omission. And that's why you will get this amazing theme from Brendan Abella. Usually in this kind of scenario, people want something. But this time you win nothing. Ah, would have been so great to get a prize, but you get a song. And Brendan, that song was worth it. It is a prize. All right. If you want to submit an alt movie tagline or chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit us up on Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm or call us at 619-PAUL-ASK. All right, coming up, Jason and I are going to talk about the tour, what we listened to, what it was like to go out there and meet all of you balcony monsters. I mean, I had the best time on this tour. I think it might have been my favorite tour that we've ever done. So stick around as Jason and I just kind of catch up two days past the tour. Welcome back. You know that every Monday we release older episodes into the feed. We just re-released The Snowman, which is a spiritual sequel to The Hangman, with uh, a lead character named Harry Hole. And next week, it will be Space Jam. That's right, Space Jam live from Chicago. That was a night. Uh, Keep on checking us out every Monday as we pull out some old things from the vault. You might have noticed that Stitcher Premium is no longer active, and we are trying to figure out a solution for that, but we don't have one yet. So right now, this is the only way to hear the back catalog until we figure that out. Okay, so now it's time for a little just chat with me and Jason as we just kind of, I don't know, talk about what it was like to be on the road. John Astonish, play us in. Jason and Paul, just chat. June and Paul, just chat. Tall John Shear, just chat. How did this get made? Last look, just chat. Jason, back from the tour. That was so much fun. Wow. I mean, we really went for it. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like uh, I had a wonderful week, but I feel like a bus hit me. Um, oh. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I can only imagine, I got home, I was home at 11 a.m. L.A. time the day after our final show in D.C. And people are like, aren't you excited? You're back home. And I'm like, no, because my kids were Ugh. back in. There I is can't no even imagine. Break. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was so impressed that not only did you and June just crush every night, six nights, six shows, six cities, the whole thing. But you guys were doing full-on family activities all day, every day as we well. We were on Godzilla, which oh is God. the boat in Boston that goes out with a very loose theme about <laughs> Godzilla fish. And it basically is just an excuse for the boat to do donuts. And it was awesome. Um, and you also... We're all doing this travel. Like, travel just takes oh, a yeah. toll. We're on planes, trains, and automobiles. We're moving around. But I got to say, it was worth it because every Holy single God. night, 
Yes. Every single night, these audiences brought it. I mean, People showed up. It was great. And I don't know if this is just our audience who are incredible or if it's especially an audience who has not gotten the opportunity to see us in four years, which is the case for most of these cities. Yes. Um, We haven't been there since the tour of whatever, 2019 it was, I think. Yeah. Um, Right? Wasn't maybe Actually, maybe 2018 or not. Yeah, one of those. So some some of them got done in 2019. But regardless, a long time and people were incredible they showed up in costumes they gave us gifts there was a it was a the very crocheted sweet, pocket yes. dog was absolutely amazing i also have a crocheted seagull a oh, lot wow. of great talented we have all oh, those the amazing... friendship bracelets oh. a la the taylor swift tour people were making and trading how did this get made themed friendship bracelets which was incredibly sweet and and wholesome and heartwarming i have to say i want to apologize to one person who i doubted on this tour and that is queasy 35 from the discord queasy 35 queasy showed up with four friends or three friends, all dressed with giant uh, French fries attached to oh, their the shirt. Oh, the fry guys. The fry guys. Now, when I went up to that balcony, I saw those guys and I was like, look at this. Great costumes. We are ready to go. And then the first person I talked to in that grouping was like, I don't know what this show is. I've yeah. never heard it, nor <laughs> have I watched this movie. But yet he was in full costume and also oh, yeah. super drunk. Uh, and I was well, like, oh, it was the balcony. As it per, was as per the rules in the balcony. And then I went over to what seemed to be the leader of their group. And I said to him, do you have a question? To which he just said, what's that smell? Dookie. Which was a quote from No Holds Barred. Yep. And I was like, a movie oh. we were not covering that night. No. And I was like, oh, brother, this is a mess. And so when I saw this guy get down, I was like, we got a drunk man that we are oh. going to have problems with. And he was in line for the second to sing a second opinion song. Yes. And, and that's I, what was like, uh, it, it was like, oh, are we going to have a situation here? And then go ahead, Paul. Nails it. Kills crushed it. it. Crushed it. Now, I don't think I'm going to see anything again from Fry Guy. But then I find out he's a major Discord guy. He's on Discord all the time. He's queasy. Queasy. He's queasy 35. He is out there. I didn't, based on my my interactions with them in the balcony, I would have never have guessed that he is a diehard uh, listener, uh, you know, brought all of his friends. So I I give it up. He's a great, uh, I... I judged a book by its drunk cover or I judged a book by its quote because I don't think yeah. he was drunk. It was just anyone screaming dookie into the microphone yes. is somebody well, that I I'm believe, not going to trust. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but when he came down to sing the second opinion song, didn't his tank top say dookie on it? Yes, it did. Okay, just in, making sure. This- do you think that the people, I'm curious about this, do the fans all like go to the same bar? Like, is well, there a, um, the is there a hang? Media. Yes. Is, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Yes. So discord has been really great. Our moderators have created two separate spaces. One for just hangout, talk, picture sharing, where do you park that kind of, uh, chat. And then one, which is 
where people have been submitting questions that I've now incorporated into the show. I'll go out in the audience knowing like, oh, there might be somebody out here who has something. And it's hard for me to judge who will have a great question. But if we find a good one on there, we will go to them to kind of deliver it. Like, got it. again, not to keep on mentioning DC, the space lawyer. The space lawyer I, I got from the from Discord. From the so- Discord. But oh, what's interesting is the space lawyer makes himself known on the Discord, but then can't really talk about space law. When pressed to discuss yes. space law, really balks at it, which I was like, how dare you? I mean, and really, you can't advertise and not pay off. I will say this. As... I've been getting all the designs in from every night because every night we make a shirt. Yeah. And there was a a strong contingent that people wanted a uh, I'm a space lawyer shirt. Okay. We didn't opt to do that. We did something a little bit different for the last show, which was a Mike Lindell themed Harvey Corman as Mike Lindell doing a My Pillow ad for oh. Munchies, which is saying my munchie. Um, this makes no sense. This really it makes this is maybe the shirt of the tour that makes the least sense in a yes. in a pleasing way. I I I 100% agree with you, but I have to say that the the LDPPD, the I love New Jersey ninja with the wig, the seagull who is an outcast, oh the shirts God. are coming in really really nice, but if that space lawyer would have given us some real info, yeah. he might have been shirtworthy. Immortalized. Like, he might have been immortalized on a t-shirt. Like Morgan. Like who, Morgan. I cannot wait for this audience to meet Morgan. I could spend the rest of this um, chat talking only about the glory of Morgan. Thank you. If you are listening, which you better fucking be Morgan. Thank you, Morgan, for providing like absolutely the entire spine of the Philly show was on Morgan because he he made us understand Dungeons and Dragons in a way that was essential to us having a successful show. Thank you, Morgan. And I'll also say, first time anyone has been able to hold a mic for the entire show, he used it perfectly. He was an amazing, uh, an amazing audience member, additive. It, like he set the tone. He maybe set the, the tone. Maybe the be- one of the best. Um, well, no, I don't want to say one of the best because we've had some wonderful, wonderful. Um, but in Detroit, is... the woman who gave us all the insights into like the background of all the drama 100%. around yes. the Oogie Loves, or um, I think it was Michael, the Morbius expert in Chicago. Yes. We've had some good ones, but Morgan was incredible because he did it the whole show. He didn't. He wasn't doing any bits. He was, you know, he an economy of words for everything he needed to put through, and the audience was loving him. The audience was obsessed with Morgan. The number of spontaneous Morgan, Morgan, chants that erupted, not because we started them, but because the audience did. That's incredible. And Morgan is now the fourth host. And we love it. And so get ready for the new episodes. We're announcing it here. Morgan, (laughs) last name unknown, is now the fourth host of How Did This Get Made? You know, I just think that what I love about (laughs) going out and meeting everybody is there are some people who really get the show from a listener standpoint. Like, yes, for example, the one person who traveled with us for all six shows, lovely human being was there the entire time, gave some good advice to the audience at the end about what to do, especially with second opinion songs. And what we found 
was we gave everybody a little tip. We said, look, there's six, seven people singing songs. You're doing this for the audience as much as the people at home. And we know, guys, we know you want us to include every single second opinion song as long as it goes. We know that's what the audience is clamoring for. Episodes that are 20 minute plus of just audience singing, right? That's what you guys want. They, we don't get any feedback that you guys don't like the second opinion They want songs. more. And yes. I will say some people are actually mad that we cut out their second opinion songs. They came back to say, hey, I didn't like <laughs> that you cut that out. And I'm coming back again to oh, not great. get cut out. But I'll tell you this much. The thing that we found on this tour that we've never found, and I don't know why it took us so long to realize this, was when you get to that peak, when the audience is behind you and you've nailed it, stop singing. Get Even out. if you have another verse written, even if you have more to go, bail when you get a big applause because the audience is already on your side. You're only going to go down from there. And you know what? People listened and they they did it. Like you, It was great direction that I feel like you gave to people such that they were able to kind of hit a high and then a couple people noticed it and just walked away heroes. And it was a wonderful moment. And I mean, brevity, solo wit on those songs. I really do believe it. I love those songs. But man, when people when people would do it, it was just, it was a beautiful moment of restraint. And everybody was just fantastic. The audiences were amazing. The audience... I, I feel like the only hiccup we had, the only hiccup we had was, and it wasn't even really a hiccup, it was just that the New Jersey theater just didn't have chairs. Yeah, for us. And For that's us. really interesting. It was the and first that was, time. That show was crazy. And that, I think, is also part of what made us tired. Was that I, I have agree. to, you have to factor in, we stood for, like, you especially, over two hours. It you was know? a big, it was, it was why I train. It's why I work out because I don't know if we get to a venue and we don't have the proper uh, setup. We have to be ready to go at a moment's notice. And, yep. uh, and look, we did it. You know, it's like the NBA players going into the bubble. No crowds, no problem. You know, we could, we had to do it. Uh, it makes so. me so happy that everybody comes out and gets rowdy on, especially on weeknights. Yeah, these are the. It's a lot of people coming out. A lot of people who've gotten. I said it a couple nights, but it's a lot of people who've gotten babysitters. We're so grateful. I do think, Paul. What do you think? I think there should be a. How did this get made? T-shirt, not pinned to any of the shows but to all tour shows which is just the how did this that... get made presents or how did this get made live dash mom and dad's night out i don't I know heard, what it is yeah i heard parents night out was a very big favorite on the discord yeah. as well parents night oh, out good. you know uh because you know i think that we're at an age where a lot of people are look i get sitters when i go out to things so yes you know, i love it you know that it's you have to make it I love worthwhile. a parents' night out shirt. I think will capture the hearts of a lot of people, um, yes. and also families' night out. All those families that were there together, which made me so happy. I Parents love it. and children listening to the show together, coming to the show together. Um, there was a baby. There was a very cute baby that I was too scared to hold, but boy did I want to. Um, made me happy to see a baby. Still, babies still like the show. Paul makes me happy uh, across the board. You all stepped it up. If you came out to the shows in your costumes with what you brought, with what you brought, with questions, energy, everything, it, every night we started off in Boston, which is a hard city to top as far as energy is concerned. And every night just continued to bring a different full energy energy. 
standing ovations, sold out shows. And I really believe it's all because the audiences make those shows their own. It wasn't the same show any night. Every night's a little bit different. I mean, very different, oddly. Oh, wildly different. Yeah. And especially like, it's so fun to walk into a theater where everybody's shared an experience. It's not just, we're all going to share the experience of the show, but everybody's shared the experience of having just watched whatever that night's movie is, which yes. also colors the audience. Like, New York was so mad about Jonathan Livingston Seagull. So mad. So collectively angry that they fused together in a, in a, in like, as a as a single entity, uh, a twenty six hundred seat single entity of hatred and anger for having had to watch, they booed the entire length of you showing the trailer. Because what people don't know is that prior to the show starting with the the theme song and all the rest, uh, Paul does like a an intro where where he plays the trailer for the movie. You get used and ex- to it. You get ready for yeah. it. Yeah, do some and does some just explain stuff to the crowd how the show is going to work anyway. There's a lot of pre there's a lot of preamble, including the trailer. And for the entire minute and a half of the trailer, the audience booed hard for the entire length of the trailer. It was hilarious. I mean, wow, that tour was fun. I didn't want it to end as as tired as I was. And we yeah. weren't as tired as we normally were because I think we did a, a very smart uh, move, which is not to do two shows in one night. The last time we did this Never tour, again. Never oh, God, again. it was too many too shows. Old. Too we're old. too old now to do two shows a night for an entire week. It's crazy. Yeah, but I, actually, I still I could have kept going if I'd had one night off. Me too. But had a night off, I could have done another couple of nights, which would have been great I, because we were having so much fun. I know. I came home and I had that feeling where I was like, ah. Oh, I'd be in the theater right now. I like that. I like that vibe. It was so fun. And anyway, we'll go out more. Stay tuned because, uh, you know, when we come back from a tour, we're always excited to go right back out. So that's when it's good to start start booking in this moment. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and we're excited. We we had a good time. And I think we're going to be trying to do some more stuff throughout the rest of the summer and the fall. So keep an eye out if you want us to come to your town. Maybe we will. But also... Go on and buy the merch from this tour. There's fun stuff. And, you know, whether it's the T-shirts that we designed or, I don't know, can people buy Alex Forbes's Balcony Monsters poster? Is that um, like a No, they can't sellable... buy it online. That is a okay. uh, only... That's a live show only? Yes, we only have... We have a lot of merch that is exclusive to Great. live shows. Now, I did hear something which I will figure out uh, how to fix next tour, which is I think that uh, it had to be cash... Uh, cash only oh, in merch. So, but we'll figure that out. Um, I will tell you, we got to get back to New York, uh, you and I both, because I don't know if you heard about this. This is totally off topic, but I, you know, obviously we're talking about live shows. Did you know that there's a live show playing right now on Broadway that is called The Shark is Broken, which is all... Oh, yes, about Jaws? Yeah, I did not yeah. know about this. Yeah, I just, I think it's pretty new. I just heard okay. about it. I um, cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to see that. Absolutely. Um, it is a 95 minute intermission yeah. free play. Um, oh man, I, 
I was reading about it and I was like, I, I got to get back to New York. I got to see this thing. Oh, no. let's. I, th- I would love it. And th- maybe we can make this happen. Maybe we'll cut this out of this right now. My goal, my hope is that we do like a New York City residency. Let's where not we are it out. in the city. We would like to do that. We should definitely. Where we're do that. in the city for a week of shows or, or you know, like some Couple handful days. of night of shows, you know? Make it like um, our Vegas residency. The way people exactly. like set up in Vegas, we can do that on the East and Coast. And every night is Jonathan Livingston Seagull. I <laughs> <laughs> would love it. I would love it. Um, Jason, I know that you did a lot of driving. We did a lot of training. Did you listen to any podcasts when you were out there you know, on the road? I mean, I listened to stuff that I feel like I've talked about before. Yeah, got it. Some of the Andy Daly uh, Bananas for Bonanza stuff. There's um, new I ones? listened to... No, yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah, they're still going. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I didn't absolutely. realize that. Oh my gosh. Well, oh, so be. so they he has spun off into his own Patreon now. Oh, okay. So Andy Daly has his own Patreon that is, I think, just called um, Andy Daly Patreon. Maybe okay. I don't know the Andy Daly Podcast Project. It's called okay. Um, and it has bananas for bonanza as well as a number of other recurring podcasts that the Andy Daly characters do. Hot Dog has his own podcast. The Pretzel Guy has his own podcast. It's it's a cacophony of nonsense. All of it hilarious. Oh, I um, love that. I did not I know think we that. talked about Valley Heat on this before. Oh, yes, we did. We love Valley Heat. But boy, I listened to a, a bunch more of that, and that was absolutely, absolutely making me cry laughing. You know, um, I don't know if ahead. I talked about this podcast that I really like a lot, um, did you know that McKay has a podcast? He did no. one called, all right, so he did one about a year ago called Death at the Wing, which was all about the NBA and about these, not mysterious deaths, but these uh-huh. deaths of stars and and how they were all kind of connected. And it's great. If you're an NBA fan, if you're just a history fan, it's great. But now yeah. he's done this new one called Death on the Lot which is all about 1950s Hollywood. And it's all about this idea of how this, you know, the culture of the time, they, they talk about James Dean, they talk about these big Hollywood systems. It's very, very interesting. Like basically post-war America is trying so hard to be happy. Yeah. And in that time, you're also getting all these very interesting deaths that are not like, you know, not that anyone was killing anyone, but it was like, sure, but sure. the pressure of the time, it, it, he's, he's great. It's a great doc, uh, show. I love his stuff. It's all about Ooh. like labor unions and yeah. a lot of really cool stuff. James okay. Dean, like I said, yeah, really uh, George Reeves. I, that's cool a, oh, stuff. that sounds very interesting. Yeah. That sounds cool too. It's like one of my favorite seasons of, you must remember this, the Karina Longworth podcast is the star Wars. I think it's called season, which is how all of the stars interacted with and intersected with World War II. Yes, exactly. Um, and that 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 was a great season of that show. I, I love that stuff. Um, so that's what I was listening to or watching. Ooh, that's great. I mean, and by the way, just feeding movies into my brain oh my nonstop. God. I couldn't, like, it was a really interesting thing to be so singularly focused yeah. On nothing else oh, but every bad day. movies. Yes. Yeah, every day being like having to be like, okay, I got to watch this whole piece of shit movie right now. Oh. Cramming it in in the green room or in the last moments while you were on stage doing stuff. I was just like trying to get through it. 
I, I really, yeah, my brain hurts from that. <laughs> like it really does. <laughs> like it does feel like it. Um, I will say one thing, one downside of the tour. Yeah. Uh, and this is just me taking issue with a place in New York called Chelsea Pierce, a place that okay. I was a fan of. I still am a fan of ultimately, but God damn, <laughs> Chelsea Pierce is expensive. I went to Chelsea Pierce with my kids. We did a bunch of different stuff, golfing, batting cages, because again, we have to make this a full on family vacation and nightly show. Um, I put $30 into a token machine at an arcade. $30. Uh-huh. Guess how many games we played for $30? Uh, wait, and what kind of games are we talking? We One was a VR game, and one was, okay. again, then there's another one, Papa Shot, then there's like other just regular arcade games. Got and, it, got it, got yeah, it. Anyway. So, wow, so $30 when we were kids would have been like dozens of games. Yeah. So I I'm going to say Dave and less than, so 10, less than 10? Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> when I put the card, what? when I put the card in the third game, and they said you don't have funds, I was like, "What the fuck? I don't have funds." Oh, one was a game in which they wore uh, a VR headset, right? Uh, they both yep. wore it, and then the other one was Papa Shot. That was it. Holy shit! Thirty bucks. We were in and out of that arcade in. Five minutes. I was. That's hysterical. I was furious. You've got to be livid. Yeah, that's furious. I mean, and this is coming from someone who rode Godzilla for whatever the fuck that cost. I mean, I'm sure that was sixty bucks ahead. Every time you say Godzilla, it makes me laugh. The the funniest thing about Godzilla is the host of Godzilla. <laughs> the the boat he's not even the captain. He's just the narrator. The MC. The MC of it. You're you're gonna get wet. I mean, that's basically it. You're get you're gonna yeah. get soaked. Uh, but he still has to do this dumb bit. Like he's got to, like, make a reference as you pass the jail that the owner of this company is in the jail right now oh, because boy. some tourists got hurt. You know, they play like. <laughs> They play, you know, they play like Led Zeppelin as you're out there. Like, you know, it's like, uh, it's just, it's the silliest thing ever. I'm looking at the website for it now. It's like, you know, and it's got an energy to it where it's like, secure your hats, scarves, eyewear, and bad hair pieces. You know, it's like that kind of an energy. But uh, the kids had a great time and we were soaked. And it's just you guys riding around in a boat it pretend and it they pretend like there's a there's a there's a there's a mutant fish chasing you and I mean, you have to where, run away from it this is where the again the and you are the, adapting Godzilla right you have I, purchased I, w- the rights once the strike is over i am going to take Godzilla and out. and then i'm going to write the play the cod is broken <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, I will say this, just one more thing on Godzilla. They truly don't even try to give you that much. They bring you out to a place to go, that's where they recycle waste. There's a rumor. There's a fish out here who ate oh some of that God. toxic waste. Then all of a sudden you hear the sonar, beep, 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 beep. And then Uh-oh. the boat just starts doing donuts. And... Uh, <laughs> then it's like, okay, we got away. That's the That's story. Incredible. That's the story of Godzilla. Now look, did I get there? Did I buy my ticket 
for the story or did I buy it for the 360 degree spins? That's true. I, guess. I, I bought it for the spins, but I will say uh, <laughs> they could have they could have put a cap in that story in a different way. Not just we escaped. <laughs> Oh man! Um, and and um, just just because yeah. we, you asked me earlier what I was listening to in the car, I'll throw out some some music that I was listening Ooh, yeah. to as well uh, off of my summer 2023 playlist. Ooh, I love that. Um, uh, there's a couple songs from the new Hannah Jagadoo album, "Lose" and "What You Did." Some tracks from Feeble Little Horse. I'm just gonna throw out band names. I love it. Oh, and sometimes titles too. Cowboy nudes from Geese. Um, a bunch of the tracks from the Bar Italia album, Nurse, exclamation point, being one wow. of them. Eastern Ave from Flasher. Uh, some A bunch of stuff from This Is The Kit's new record, which is, once again, just a fantastic, fantastic record. Big Thief have new music out. Billy Tibbles has new music out. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, a lot of it, uh, just like like really nuts stuff that I'll maybe again. I know I talk about it all the time. I want to put um, new squirrel flower is out. Um, these all sound like pretend names that I'm making I know, up. I was Cut, say. Cut worms has new music out. Blake Mills, who we saw play with Joni Mitchell. Oh yeah, uh, he has a new record out that's beautiful. Um, Man, there's a song by a guy named Daryl Jones that's just called Gabriel. It's the only song of his that I've ever found. Can't stop listening to it. Great job, Daryl Jones. Um, anyway, where are you finding I mean, this is my question to you always. Like, yeah. How are you getting turned on to your own, this music? You know, this is interesting. Getting, like, getting turned on to new music... At, at our age is Hard. such a difficult thing and it's it's the thing that I struggle with the most because also because a lot of the m- ways that I used to discover new music have gone away right you know um, record stores uh, r- r- there used to be a record store in uh, San Francisco called Aquarius Records speaking of which Aquarius Records Andy uh, Jim the gang wh- where's the documentary there's supposed to be an Aquarius Records documentary I want to watch it um, same thing I want to watch the Judy Sill documentary Documentary, oh, guys. Where are these documentaries? Get these um, anyway. Out. Well, yeah, I'll tell you. What's you know, the deal? I mean, look. I told you on tour uh, backstage that I went on a deep dive of Taylor Swift. I, uh, oh, yeah. I like Taylor Swift, but I got into all the stories, and now I'm like, yeah. I feel like I'm reading this giant novel that I haven't had access to, or I have had access to. I just didn't know how to sure. kind of get into it. And boy, oh boy, I mean the the. Who's writing a song about who and why? I'm oh boy, oh yeah, you I'm were ta- yeah. That's right. You were talking a lot about like all of the exes, all of yes. the songs of the exes. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, oh that's I great. I'm fascinated. And and by the way, you listen to it, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. It, it's a very. I mean, I'm all I'm all in. I'm all in. I yeah. saw that show. It's a great show. You can't see that show again until 2014 oh, I'm, I'm or jealous. 2024. I'm jealous. It's a great that's show. Great. You would lo- yeah, I mean, I'd you love. I'd love to see it. Love it. I would um, love to see it. Anyway, to answer yes. your question, I find music all over the place. Okay. You know, whether it's on Bandcamp or on, I still subscribe. I still use an RSS feed. Uh, okay. I still use my RSS feed to subscribe to websites, including a lot of music websites. So I'm aggregating a lot of different music Ooh, sites okay. to give me their reviews, to give me their what's new, to give me their best reissues, to give me their best new I stuff, all that say. stuff. And Bandcamp yeah. itself does a good job of kind of putting grouping stuff together. They'll do like a best jazz, best new jazz this month on Bandcamp kind of list or stuff like that. Or, you know, they, so whether it's all that or whether it's I still listen to the radio a lot. 
I still listen to the radio as a method of getting wow. turned on to stuff, you know? Look at um, this. And I... this this was fun to like be cruising for hours and just be like flipping through the radio. And Look like that. in DC, in the middle of the night, driving into DC, the night we I, yeah. the night we left um Philly. Our show we did our show in Philly and then I drove to DC that night. The last half of that drive, I found a guy doing like an African music show on like like DC Public Radio, and it was incredible. The whole thing was fantastic. Oh, all right, this is great. Well, thank you, Jason. Uh, people will be hearing all of our tour shows uh, starting next week, and you will see what we have in store for you. They're going to be big, fun shows. And next time here, Jason and I will be taking some of your questions, concerns, comments about your life, and we'll be helping you with that. <laughs> Now that we got Hangman out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are going from an Al Pacino cop to an Ellen Barkin body swap. That's right. Next week, we are watching the 1991 body swap comedy Switch, starring Ellen Barkin, Jimmy Smith, Joe Beth Williams, and Lorraine Bracco. Short breakdown of the plot. A sexist womanizer is killed by a group of his former lovers and gets reincarnated as a woman. Oh boy, it's so much more than that too. Rotten Tomatoes gives this film a 32% score on the tomato meter and Jeff Brown from the Times UK says, if this movie were on television, you would switch. Boom, slam dunk, nailed it, Jeff Brown. Anyway, let's take a listen to the trailer. After Steve died, God sent him back as a blonde. Now, a guy who used to use women is finding out firsthand Unbelievable. that was no way to treat a lady. Oh. Ellen Barkin, see Blake Edwards' newest comedy. Switch. Have a nice day. Jimmy Smith's Rated R, now playing at a theater near you. Oh, cannot wait for you to watch this movie. It's our first tour show from Boston. What a crowd. We also have a very special guest, which uh, the true fans will know because you will have seen it on social media. Anyway, uh, that is it for the show. Remember to rate and review us. It helps. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following us. Make sure you're checking out Movie Bitches on YouTube and visit us on social media at HDTGM. A big thank you to our producers, Scott Sani, Molly Reynolds, our movie picking producer, Avril Halley, our engineers, Casey Halford and Rich Garcia and Jess Cisneros, who makes our amazing, I mean, they are truly outstanding social media videos. The one that she made for Hangman, I lost it. It was so good. We will see you next week for Switch. 